Oh, hold on. Let's give a standing ovation to Brother Cliff. He did that. I am impressed. I am impressed. Okay, I'm going to switch this over here. Sorry, Brother Kelly. You're going to get the, the hinder parts. <laughs> That's what the Lord called it, right? <laughs> he said, Moses, all you get to see is the hinder parts. All right. Oh, thank you very much, Sister Beth. I appreciate that. Amen. I'm going to pop that open for a second. Well, it's official. We are on the verge of the end. I don't know if you saw the headlines this week, but an 18-year-old kid in Seattle, in seven minutes, at the price of a $5,000 option, a $7,500 option, and a $10,000 option, he sold a little over $3 million of custom design Virtual sneakers. Non-fungible tokens. You ever heard of that? And uh, it's something that you get to have in your augmented reality. And that was only topped by earlier in the week. The first time, you ever heard of Christie's on the uh, East Coast? Where they auction all the high-end, magnificent stuff? First time ever. A piece of custom digital art that you get to have in your augmented universe. Your, you can get to put it in one of your games that you play. Sold for $69 million. You don't even get a print of it. It's just a JPEG. No, because here's the thing is this, what you don't realize, this is hard for older people, is if you are a Gen Z, you, you are living in an augmented reality in these games that you play. And it is becoming a big thing. And so you get to buy these shoes and you get to use them across digital worlds as you build this augmented life in there. They have a house, first time ever, going on sale right now. It's a digital house. I don't know how many millions of dollars. Uh, Elon Musk just did a non-fungible token of one of his tweets. It started out, started out as a price for a million dollars. So, you get to own this thing. It's the only one. Fungible means that it's the only one. If you buy a Bitcoin or a cyber currency, those are fungible, meaning that they're all worth the same amount. Non-fungible, this is the terms that they use, non-fungible meaning that if you buy this digital token, this digital piece of art, it's one of a kind. And uh, nobody else can get it. And guess what? Those sneakers that they sold, then they turned around and sold them on a secondary market for almost a 50% profit. This is the hottest new craze going on. And they're using digital currency to buy this. Morgan Stanley today just allowed the purchase of Bitcoin for its investors. This thing is very real and it's going to happen really fast.
But that's not what I'm talking about. But anyway. <laughs> but could you imagine that? And then, the, and then here's, the, here's, here's where they think this is going to go. Is that if you're, gonna, if you're a lady and you want to have a nice bag and you get a coach bag or whatever, I don't know, Louis Vuitton, Louis Vuitton bag, you're going to get the Louis Vuitton bag and then you're going to get the NFT, the non-fungible token of that Louis Vuitton bag that nobody else will own. And you get to use that in your augmented universe reality. Now this stuff is happening. And uh, people spend hours and hours in these universes, in these games, and they, they build a life in it. So, anyway, um, have you ever, what's the one, what's the one with all the dancing and you get to buy all the skins? No, the video game Fortnite. of Fortnite. And then uh, uh, Roblox, and then what's the other big one? Minecraft. Okay, I want everybody that's over the age of 50, close your eyes, and then everybody else, if you play any of those three games in the last week, raise your hand. Now, if you're over 50, don't look, because don't, you don't want to see who, who, who is going to. Now listen, here's the thing is this. Raise your hand if you've ever spent more than $20 on a skin in oh, I Fortnite. Have, I have through that. Yes. Raise your hand. How would you like to have a set of custom uh, Air Jordans to throw on your guy on Fortnite? Uh, okay, or whatever, right? So here's the thing. They're buying outfits for their characters to wear in games. It's strange, but this is really big. And it is the sign that the apocalypse is upon us. <laughs> I mean, I came home, I showed Easton. But whatever you're doing, you're doing wrong. You have got to start figuring out how to start creating these non-fungible tokens. Look at this 18-year-old kid. You could be making me millions of dollars. So... And, uh, and they think what's going to happen is, is these big producers are going to go in. And so when you, buy your, when you buy your shoes, you'll be able to also buy your non-fungible token. And they track that on the blockchain, and that way they know you own it. Nobody can steal it from you. Anyway, that's the world that we're living in. Okay, I'm not talking about that. I am. I am. I am talking to now those two boys in the back. I'm sure that they're kind of thinking, okay, Jacob and Isaac, they're thinking, yeah, I, I already know about all this. And you probably got some uh, NFTs you're getting ready to make. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Especially Jacob. He's, he's on the cutting edge. <laughs> he is. He, he, he is. I tell you what, that is crazy. Right? All right. Okay, let's get to this. It is my desire. It's my it's my desire that after tonight that you see the 10 commandments in a different way. And I and I and I, and I really hope that after, that this lesson will change your life. That's my desire. And um, 
And I really hope that's the case. So let's pray. We'll ask the Lord to bless this. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity, Lord God, to, to stand in your house, Lord Jesus, and to be in front of your people here tonight. I pray, Lord God, that you would bring forth this message in a way that you've laid it upon my heart, Lord, that there would be revelation and understanding of your word and faith would be increased and knowledge would be increased. God, we give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And so let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the Ten Commandments. Everybody's heard of the Ten Commandments, right? Um, whether you've been raised in church, haven't been raised in the church, everybody kind of knows of the Ten Commandments. If you're a little older, maybe my age and above, you kind of think of the Ten Commandments this way. Right? That's what we think of. When I think of the Ten Commandments, I think of Moses and and the Ten Commandments, right? Charles Charlton Heston. And so but the question that people I've noticed is they kind of wrestle with and and they kind of struggle with is are these commandments are they for us now or was it or is it just for people back then? Right? I mean are they for now or are they back then? Good question. Because aren't we out of the New Testament? I mean, that's we're the are we the New Testament church? And after all, aren't the Ten Commandments from that Old Testament? And isn't it like really old people from a long, long time ago that did the Old Commandments? <laughs> The Old Testament? I mean, surely that can't be for us today. We're in the digital world. We sell virtual sneakers. You don't even get it. You just get to put them on your computer. <laughs> That's actually uh, my uh, uh, wife's family on her mother's side, right? <laughs> just joking. Okay. <laughs> Oh, anyway. All right, let's go. But the truth of the matter is, is this. That Old Testament and the New Testament, they're in the same book. And let me tell you a little secret. God, he had the final say in what went into the book. Well, hold on. If we... If we're the New Testament, then what's the Old Testament for? What? I, why, why have all that in there? Right? It's a little, it's a little confusing. This poor guy right here. What do we do now? Is it the Old Testament or New Testament? What do we do? Or maybe you feel like this poor little guy. Oh, man. What do I do now? You ever felt like that? Huh? Oh, man. One time I lost a guy. This was probably, oh, I was probably about 25. And uh, one of my best clients when I was at Napa. And uh, anyway, he gave me a check. He would give me a check every Friday to pay their bill. And it was a good size check, about 10,000 bucks. And he had an automotive shop. I put it in my pocket, in my shirt pocket. And um, 
I must not have turned it in. And I couldn't find it. I felt like that guy right there. It's like, I lost his $10,000 check. I had to go back and tell him. He was very gracious to me. Or maybe you're just like this little girl here. I'm so confused. New Testament, Old Testament, what do I do? Right? Well, the good news is this. God is not the author of confusion. Praise the Lord. Isn't that great to know? So, what that means is, is this. Everything in that Old Testament, from the creation of the earth, through Noah, the Tower of Babel, everything, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, all of that in the, New, all of that in the Old Testament, right? David, Solomon, it all does one thing. It points to Jesus. That's what that Old Testament does. Everything in there points to Jesus. Here's what it says in the New Testament about the Old Testament. It says the law is a shadow. The Old Testament is a shadow of good things that were to come in Christ. Hey, now it's kind of making a little more sense, right? Here's another scripture it says, Wherefore the law, now that green thing, back when I was in school, school is a place where people go together when they're kids and an adult stands in front and teaches. Some of these, you know, it's been a long time since they've been in school, so they can't remember that. And uh, they didn't have a whiteboard, they had a chalkboard. And, uh, and so and they write on with chalk. That's what it looked like. Uh, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. So that Old Testament, it was pointing us to Jesus, to a New Testament, if you will. Hey, now you're feeling great, right? Because, oh. You didn't have to decide between one or the other. Are you an Old Testament guy or a New Testament guy, right? And uh, they all are wrapped up in the same Bible. And there's only, there are lots of different writers, but remember, only one author. That's God. Right? So you can be happy in knowing that. So let's jump right into this. So let's go into the story of the giving of these Ten Commandments. And I want you to listen, pay attention, because I'm going to do quite a bit of reading here. Let me get a drink. In the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they unto the wilderness of Sinai. So, you know, the children of Israel... They left Egypt. Right. Now, the Jewish tradition is that they left Egypt on, they think, the 15th day of the first month. And they think that they got to Mount Sinai on the first day of the third month. 
about 45 days from leaving. Okay? And they believe that somewhere around three or four or five days, Moses was given the law. And that'll come up here a little bit later. So, on the, they believe that on the first day of the third month, the children of Israel come to Mount Sinai. And here's what happened. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. He says, here's what I want you to tell the children of Israel. I'm going to set them apart. They're going to be my people, my nation upon this earth. Right? And Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces all these words which the Lord commanded him. And guess what their response was? And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. He said, God, good news. They agree. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud came upon the mount. And the voice of the trumpet exceedingly loud so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. So here they are. They're camped out around this mountain. And all of a sudden the top of this mountain is covered. Thunder and lightning and smoke and fire and this great, terrible voice, noise they've never heard before. And they're trembling. Moses even is trembling at this point. And Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. He covered the top of that mountain. He descended on it in fire. And smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace. And the whole mountain quaked greatly. Fire, lightning. Could you imagine being in that situation? I don't know if you've ever been in an earthquake. It's been a long time since I was a kid living in San Diego in being in an earthquake but a, a mountain trembling and when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder louder and louder Moses spake and God answered him by a voice some people say you know if God would just speak to me in an audible voice then I would obey and serve him oh really Here's God showing himself in the form of engulfing a mountain in fire, shaking it to its core, speaking 
that all could hear. How well did it go for them? How long did they obey? Right. You know, here's a, here's a an artist. I don't think that's a digital currency one, but ooh, that'd be an idea. Digital currencies, NF, NFTs of the Bible. Ooh. That's right. Get to work. All I need is a couple techies around me. Here's another picture. Okay. You think about what was running through their mind as God was turning them from a family to a nation. Right? And God spake all these words saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And this is what he gives them the Ten Commandments. I'm not going to go through the Ten Commandments. I think most of you know the Ten Commandments. Okay. We just had a deal where the little kids were learning the Ten Commandments. Amen. He gives them these Ten Commandments. These commandments to live by. And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they were moved and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. Yeah, true. Don't let him don't let him talk anymore. I can't I can't handle any more of this. Right? Think not. Oh. I want to go back to this. You know, why did God put on such a presentation? He was really trying to command their attention, to let them know how serious he was. To, and in fact, Moses says he was doing that to put some fear into the people. Right? And as we know, it doesn't work out too well for him. Even with that great showing, the people kind of got away from it. With that great showing. So, let's look at Jesus in the New Testament. What does he have to say about these commandments? Here's what Jesus says. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill for verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. Jesus, he said, I come to destroy it. I came to fulfill it. Okay, okay. Well, let's find out what he's talking about. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so... He shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. I, okay, I, I kind of maybe, are you confusing me here, Jesus, a little bit? 
What, what direction are you going? For I say unto you, that except your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. And the scripture there I want to focus on is that one. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Here he is again. Master, which is, this was an individual that came to him, the Bible says, that was trying to tempt him. He says, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Which is the greatest of these? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And then, listen to this. He says, On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. He condensed the whole Old Testament into two commandments. He condensed the whole Ten Commandments into two commandments. He says everything in that Old Testament hinges on those two commandments. Right there. But then he goes on, and John, he says, a new commandment I give you. We already know that the Old Commandment is based on those two or the, the Old Testament's based on those two. But he says, a new commandment I give you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. So it's a new commandment. It's to love one another as he loves me. Whew, that's, a, that's a high bar, higher than the Old Testament, right? right. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if you have love one to another. He didn't say by how loud you preach, how high you jump when you're worshiping, right? Uh, he, he didn't say how big a check you put in the offering basket. He said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. This is what the, the guest comes in and gauges us on. Is that right there, right? So now I'm going to go a little deep on you just for a second, okay? We won't, we won't stay down there too long, so the you'll, you'll come back up for air, but here we go. All right, girls, we're going to go a little deep here. Here we go. Ooh, I, should, I should have done a better clip on that one. Uh, Christ hath redeemed us. This is in Galatians. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us for it is written cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree there's a whole bunch in that right the one is is this is the law by itself was a curse because nobody could keep it perfectly and there had to be a price for our failure and the only one that was perfect was him he is the perfect sacrificial lamb he becomes the curse that should have been me right this is found in Galatians can you bring it down just a little bit there we go in Galatians chapter 3 I'm just going to read a little bit here it says oh foolish Galatians Galatians 
Who hath bewitched you? He says, you foolish Galatians, who's bewitched you? Who's tricked you? That ye should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. This only would I learn of you. He says, think about this. Did you receive the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit? By works of the law or by hearing of faith? Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are ye now, are you now made perfect by the flesh, by keeping the law? Okay. They kind of got off track and felt like that they were being... Uh, redeemed by keeping of these old laws, these old commandments. And he said, did you realize it's the Spirit in you? Okay, so I'm going to go a little... Just hang in there, baby. I'm almost getting to the point. Okay? Don't give up on me. Just hang in there just for a minute. Hang in there. Listen to what the Bible says about the heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? We've heard that one before, right? The good news is that's in Jeremiah 17. Look what's in Jeremiah 24. And I will give them a heart to know me. Why? Because my old heart's desperately wicked and evil. And God knew that. So he says, I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. For they shall return unto me with their whole heart. Look how Ezekiel writes it. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. Ooh, this one's a new heart and a new spirit. And I will take away the stony heart, that heart that is evil and wicked, out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. Listen to this one, though. Jeremiah 31. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. He says, I'm making a new covenant. Not the covenant I gave them when I brought them out of Egypt, that I gave them the law at Mount Sinai. But a new covenant. And he says, not the one that I gave to them in Egypt, which my covenant they broke, they break. Although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord. So even though he had that magnificent display of fire and everything else, they left him. So here's his plan. Watch this. We're almost done. Hold on here. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my law. I will put my Ten Commandments in their inward parts 
and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. When did this happen? I'm going to say it happened right here. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. This is the beginning of man receiving a new heart. Not an evil, wicked heart. But a heart, a new heart that God puts his law upon. And this is no stretch. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. I believe this is where this happens. The stony heart to a new heart. Let's talk about this number for a minute. 50. Now remember... God gave them the law in the Old Testament approximately 50 days after the Passover. Right? They had to slay that lamb and they left Egypt and 50 days later God gave them the law. If you Google how many days from the Passover to the giving of the law. Look at the first one that comes up. 50 days after sacrificing the Passover lamb, the Israelites received a covenant from God. Now watch this. 50 days after sacrificing Jesus, our Passover lamb, believers received a new covenant from God on the day of Pentecost. Woo! Hold on a second. Let me get this right. So on the 50th day in the Old Testament, God gave them these commandments written on tables of stone. 50 days after the real Passover lamb, Jesus, died, God then gives us those commandments, but written on tables in a heart. Okay, Brother Woods, you're kind of getting out there. Well, let's take a look at it. Shabbat. Okay. If you could see this a little more, could you go in a little bit closer, Cliff? It says this. Shabbat is also known as the Feast of Weeks or Pentecost. Right? It is one of the three feast times that the Israel would have to come together, three pilgrimages where they'd have to come together and feast. So, Pentecost, Shabbat. Now let's look in, a little closer at it. In the Bible, Shabbat marks the wheat harvest in the land of Israel. And according to sages, they have sages up there, but we would say rabbis, okay? It also uh, commemorates the anniversary of the giving of the Torah by God to the children of Israel at Mount Sinai. The word Shabbat means weeks, and it marks the conclusion of the counting of the Omer. Its date is directly linked to that of the Passover. The Torah mandates the seven-week counting of the Omer. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, come down. It says, this counting of days and weeks is understood, understood to express anticipation and desire of the giving of Torah. 
of the Torah, those first five books of the Bible, the law. On Passover, the people of Israel were freed from their enslavement to Pharaoh on Shabbat. They were given the Torah and became a nation committed to serving God. They went from not being a people to a people. And that's what God was doing in the book of Acts. In fact, later on, when the Gentiles came in, the Bible says that he turns towards a people who were not a people and made them a people for his name's sake. Okay, what did I want to read on this one? Oh, right here. Uh, kind of in the middle. The Festival of Weeks is also called the Feast of Harvest in Exodus and the Days of First Fruits in Numbers. In Exodus, it's also called the first fruits of the wheat harvest. The date for the Feast of Weeks originally came the day after seven full weeks following the first harvest of grain. So here's the thing is this. This is what Jews do today. And this is what they've been doing is the first seven weeks of the uh, barley harvest, if you will. They celebrate the giving of the law. And it also turns towards the beginning of the wheat harvest. So think about that for a moment. Okay? So there's the barley harvest, the celebration of the law, and then the wheat harvest. We have the Old Testament, God dealing with the Jews. He gives us the Holy Ghost, and now he turns towards the wheat the Gentiles. He's got two peoples that he's bringing a harvest from. The barley and the wheat. The Jew and the Gentile. And right in the middle of it is Pentecost. His commandments that he puts inside of you and I. Whew, pretty exciting. This is found from my Jewish learning. Can we make it a little smaller? Please. Shabbat which comes from the Hebrew meaning week, celebrates the early barley harvest and the giving of the Torah on Mount Sinai. Other Jewish names for Shabbat include Feast of Harvest, Esteret. Here's what it says in the New Testament about all this. And this we'd find in the book of Hebrews because they're the ones that know the law, the Old Testament, right? And it says this, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, said the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts. So we read about that being prophesied in Jeremiah. And now we see perhaps Paul writing this in the book of Hebrews. It also says a new mind. And their sins and iniquities, the very next verse says, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. I got a couple more slides. Hopefully right now you're thinking, wow. Okay, this is, this maybe is something that you haven't heard. Or maybe something you haven't really thought about. Wow. Maybe the, maybe I get it. I'm getting it. Okay. Acts 1 and 8 says, and you shall receive power. After what? Yeah, after the Holy Ghost. Jesus says you're going to receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. 
Why do we get the power? Let me go back. Well, it's like Jeremiah said. He's given me a new heart. He's writing his laws. And he's given me a new spirit. Yes. You see that, old, that law in the Old Testament? It really was a curse. Because it gave me no power. But guess what? Now, I got the power. His commandments are written on this table in my heart. And I've got his spirit living inside of me. Right? Those commandments are right in there. Now I've got the power. I've got the power to overcome the flesh. They didn't have that in the Old Testament. We do. I got the power to overcome the world. I got the power to overcome the devil himself. Get me behind me, Satan. And I have the power because of what's inside of me to overcome death itself. So those Ten Commandments, they're right in here. Amen. I've got the power to walk in the Spirit. Not just me. All of you that have been born again. I have the power to live a victorious life. Yes. And my favorite one, I have the power to please God. Amen. Because no man can please God in the flesh. Amen. It's only when. Right. Amen. I've been born again. Yes. Our righteousness is as a filthy rags. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. I hope this is beneficial to you. And um, it's just my desire that you see these Ten Commandments in a new way. Amen. We've got the power of God inside of us. We can live a victorious life. Amen. And we can live a life that's pleasing to God. Don't you want to please the Lord? Amen. I do. Let's all stand. Amen. Look at that. Five minutes early. Some of you were worried. Amen. Praise God. Let's see here. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Let's ask Brother Andrew if he would pray and dismiss us. Heavenly Father, we come before you to give you thanks and praise for a new day, a new week, and a new year, Lord God, to give unto us. Bless us, Lord God, that when we walk out of here, to have your hands of protection upon us and the families that we come across and touch, Lord God. We just thank you for the reading and the message tonight. Help the words fall on our heart and plant a good seed in our heart, our life, Lord. We just give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, by the way, we're on now 105. We've got 105 souls. You got more? Hey, keep sending them the text. We'll see. Maybe we'll do something else. Praise God. Appreciate and love you all.